Welcome. You're listening to the Bible Marathon Project, your one-stop class for learning Bible interpretation, defending your faith, using spiritual gifts, and building consistency in your devotion with God. We hope these sessions are a blessing to you as they have been to us. And without further ado, we say welcome to Charisma Sunday. Went up to pray three times, opening his window onto Jerusalem three times, as he usually do. So it's like a practice, something that he does very well. So he's just like this. I'm, I'm not as busy as this guy. I cannot be as busy as this guy, but yeah, he still finds that time to release God, and and there's really rewarded. Awesome. That's awesome. So for you, it's more of like spending that quality time with God and building that relationship. Great. Um, Olala, did you want to share? You'll probably be the last one. I, um, by the way, I see you, Titi Lopez. Hi, welcome to Bible Marathon. I see Mo. I see you, Victoria. Hi, guys. And Ademola, good to see you. Yeah, so do you want to share as well? Olala, so we're just really sharing something specific this past week that God has been teaching you, something you've either relearned or built a strong conviction on. Sorry, can you repeat what you said? Oh, I said, I said, I'm basically just trying to get feedback from people, what you learned this past week with regards to um, your, just, I mean, your work with God, something God is teaching you specifically now, this past week. Was there something specific that you learned that God um, laid in your heart? Could be through the meditation week thing we did. It could just be a random study of God's word or a sermon you listened to that really struck out and you're acting on it. So I only hear some feedback from that. I'm not sure how they can speak now. Can she? Hello. Oh, I, I heard my name. I wasn't sure because I stepped you. out. It's you. It's you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, so what have I been focusing on this week? I think I was reading um, the scripture in John when Lazarus died and Jesus had to go and, you know, raise him from the dead. I mean, like, for me, I know that Jesus cares about us and feels our pain when we feel it, even though he doesn't always come through when, when we exactly think we need, you know, the solution. But I guess for me, the whole week was just a reinforcement that even when we go through challenges or painful situations, we lose a loved one or we lose something God is actually feeling that pain with us. He's moved to compassion with us as well. He feels it. It's just that there is a greater purpose for that pain that we we have to go through, you know, because it will make us stronger. So that's, that's what I learned. And then, of course, from the meditation, I mean, like, you know, just reflecting on the peace of God or reflecting on the presence of God or what, what, what it means for us in reality is something that I took away from our meditation and how I should, you know, understand that that peace is with me wherever I go or his presence is with me wherever I go or his love. I mean, what manner of love he has bestowed on, on us that we would be called his children, you know? So yeah, that's always something to constantly remind ourselves of. 
Awesome. So I think I think what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing here is the people, so the people that had the task of working on the meditation thing, they were forced to um, meditate. And I think I want to start doing something like that, where everyone on the what on the WhatsApp group is engaged, at, at, at least those who are active, right? Because I've noticed something. Um, many times we can remember things we did at work or in school or an event we attended during the week, but it's very difficult for many people to um, trap that moment of spiritual growth. Who gets what I'm saying? Like many times it's so difficult for you to say, this is what I learned. This is what God told me. This is how I'm growing. And the truth is, if you're going to experience spiritual growth, you need to have those moments. For me, one thing that has stood out amongst others, man, this week has been, this past week has been very, very instrumental in just getting me back in setting my mind back to form. Um, one of the things that I, God was showing me specifically was all the people that you respect in ministry, notice how they can point to moments in their walk with God where they would say things like, you know, one day I was doing this and then God told me this, or one day I was studying this and all of a sudden this scripture stood up or one day I was praying and suddenly, God, there's always that immediately, suddenly this happened, that happened. How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? The, every, every minister of God that you respect, there's always that thing. And it, it just hits me in a different way. Like if you cannot track your spiritual growth, the same way you track your miles, if you are into sports, the way you track your income. Some of you, you check your, your bank account every day. As if checking the, the bank account is adding <laughs> money. It's like if I open it to add one cent or, or 50 cobble or something. The way many of us are so fixated on the different aspects of our lives, yet our work cannot be measured. No journaling no thinking and you and you want to experience spiritual growth it's not magic if you put the kind of commitment that you put into so many things into your faith it will radically transform your life radically transform your life you don't want to take christianity as something that just happens randomly like you can't track moments so the reason i said we should do what we did just at the very beginning was because i wanted to get your attention, you know, to think on these things, um, to realize that your spiritual growth is not by, can you, can you hear me? Yeah, your spiritual growth should not be by chance. It should be measured. It should be calculated. Some of you know that you want to do a master's degree. You know it's going to take maybe two years. You have it all planned out. This is what I'm going to study. This is where I'm going. This, 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 this. And there's a curriculum. How about you do that with your spiritual work? How about you say, okay, this month, I'm going to learn about what it is to trust God. This moment, I see I'm on a platform called BMG. They are, they are pushing us to meditate on God's word. I've struggled with meditation. Maybe if I tune into this structure and, you know, just take one card a day, read the scriptures, think on it, maybe it would help. You know, there are all these platforms out there for your spiritual growth and your job as a believer is to latch onto it. You know, in, in Acts chapter, the book of Acts that we're reading together now, how does it start? 
it starts with a preaching of the gospel by Peter. 3,000 people get saved. What does it say they did? They devoted themselves. So there's a responsibility on the Christian. Action, by the way, um, another day you can start sharing scriptures if I mention any the scripture. Let me stop sharing my screen. At least you guys know what we are here for. But the truth is, if you don't have that kind of approach where you come with your own desire, your own passion, like this is something I want to do and see grow and flourish in my life, it would, it would, it would not make a difference. The difference between you and another believer that you envy so much or you, let me say, respect, honor, you love them is because they've given attention to God's word. They've, they've devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles, to prayer, to breaking of bread with the saints. You can't have it any other way. You know, and I'm, I'm quoting from Acts chapter 2, the very last part of Acts chapter 2. We added into the church. All right. Um, that's the first thing I wanted to say. And I hope I didn't offend anyone. I love you guys so much. And that's why I'm saying this. You are getting, we're going into a new year. And it's very, very close. And many of us are going to have that same experience. It's not a prophecy of doom, but many of us will have the same experience where you get into 2022. I'm gingered. Hey, oh, resolutions, you know, spiritual word. This is my year of dash. And you go into the year. And then you get into December and you look back and you're like, it almost seems like it was in free, I was going in free form, free flow. I can't really track any measurable growth. And as a Christian, the truth is God loves you so much that somehow you will grow. <laughs> you will have people brought into your life that will challenge you. You know, I'm hoping, I've heard testimonies of BMG, how it has really challenged a lot of people in their faith. You can't be casual. 2022, God has been showing me that it's going to be very, very bad. When I say very bad, I mean the, the, the world is not going to give us things that are good. And you have to be the one that says, I'm going to stand good and strong in a perverse and crooked generation. It's not a new thing. The, the, the world is not, is not going to, you don't pray, oh, 2022 be a better year. No. You become a better person and you can handle all that the year will bring. Praise God. This is so important. So important. If um, there's a text in, screen, in the book of Proverbs, if your strength fails in the day of adversity, it says your strength is weak. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. Build strength, build stamina, build capacity. Very important. All right. That was the prefix or prelude. Um, how you all doing? Let's get into the word. Um, let me just pray for us and then we'll get in, all right? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we love you so much. This is your time. Move. Do what you would want to do with us in this session. We're going to go through the word, get reminded of the truth of your word. We want to see our lives changed and transformed. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so if you're very new to Bible Marathon, Bible Marathon is basically a group that is of every kind of Christian, no matter the denomination. And our goal is to run the race that is set before us with patience. And that's why it's called Marathon. How do we run? We run with the Word of God, the Word of God hidden in our hearts. All right, um, we're not seeing the right screen right now. But yeah, thanks for putting up that scripture. It's Proverbs 24, 10. 
So I, I, I want to get to know, let me just share a few announcements before we go on, that in the month of December, we're not going to be meeting every Sunday like this. So the very last meeting for the month is next week, Sunday. All right. And next week, Sunday is going to be vulnerability recap. All the teachings, <coughs> sorry, all the teachings that we've done um, for our fourth Sundays all through the course of the year. And you don't want to miss that for anything. Vulnerability Sunday was bloody, for lack of a better word. We were very vulnerable. We talked about different aspects of Christian faith, of our Christian faith, where we really struggle. You know, we looked into God's word for guidance on how to go about those things, how to handle them. So if you are new to Bible Marathon, this is a great place to be. It's not a church. It's just a platform for spiritual growth and edification. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right. Um, another thing to know before we go into this is that today we are doing a recap. All right. So let me just share the screen. We're doing a recap. And the whole idea of a recap is to bring back to our memory the things that we've learned for the past year. Every single Sunday is specifically dedicated to one aspect of our Christian devotion. Um, the first one is hermeneutics. The second is apologetics. The third is <coughs> our charismatic ministry. And the fourth one is vulnerability as a Christian. So hermeneutics has to do with how to study the Bible, tools that study the word. By the way, we have a podcast. So if you're wondering, how can I get all these teachings? How can I catch up? Everything is on a podcast. We have podcasts on every platform that there is a podcast. So um, I will share the link at some point. Or if anyone has the link, please feel free to share it on the chat for us so that everyone can go back and listen. All right, I think it's BMG Pod. It's also on the WhatsApp group description, I believe should be there all right and um that's hermeneutics apologetics is defending your faith which we did last week how many of us were here last week how many of us how many of us really learned a lot from that session awesome hi jemima good to have you here again so glad to have you here very soon we're going to get to you know meet everyone i really want to get to know we, we're a growing family sometimes i even lose track of the people that we have um, but trust me, we, we know that you're here. All right. Um, it was really an amazing time, man. We had a nice conversation. We couldn't even finish everything. Um, so we might be, if we finish this on time, we might quickly go back and just check some of those things on, on, um, apologetics Sunday that we didn't treat. We didn't talk about a lot of things, you know, I wanted to talk about the resurrection, how to prove the resurrection, you know, to an unbeliever or someone who says, I'm an atheist. There is a progressive way. The Bible guide kind of guides us on the way to show an atheist why atheism is very, very foolish. <laughs> How can you believe there is no God? Evidence, science actually um, speaks to the fact that there is a creative, intelligent designer. But let's not go into that today. Um, please help me add people in the, in the waiting room. So I don't focus on that, please. Love you guys. Thank you. All right. Today is, re is charisma recap. What is charisma? Who can tell me what charisma means? Let's go. It's interactive, guys. Charisma. What's the meaning of the word? You know, I'm sure some people are thinking 
charisma you know you have to have you have to be charismatic so oh wow titi is what working with so much charisma and poise right but there is a theological term called charisma or charismata and charismata does not mean your gait, your walk how you look your character boldness none of that the word charisma is from the greek word charis which means grace all right extended to mean power or a display of grace and power all right so when we say charisma there is a theological term called charismatic when we say someone is charismatic it's basically a way of of saying they believe in the work of the holy spirit in terms of demonstration of power all right are we on the same page so when you hear the word charisma or this is a charismatic ministry we are really saying it's a ministry that believes that the spirit of god is at work today doing miracles signs wonders working in the hearts of believers and working in the hearts of unbelievers to reprove them of sin righteousness and judgment are we together feedback feedback Yes, Ernest. Awesome. Yes, we are. Yes, awesome. we are. We are together. All right. I love that feedback. Thank you. So the question now is, should every Christian have a charismatic life? Right? And that's what we wanted to discuss for the rest, for the whole year. Like every Charisma Sunday was dedicated to discussing this issue of charisma, the charismatic ministry. Should Christians all function in spiritual gifts? Is it for some? Is it for a select few? You know, and then also, what does it look like? Another question is, how can we do it? You know, there's a group of, there are a group of people um, called cessationists. I'm going to type it in the chat for, for the sake of those who can't, who probably um, haven't seen the word before. Uh, or oh, it's called cessationism. All right. Um, Sorry, can someone go to the Bible Marathon group chat and just let them know that we are live? I want to use my phone to go on MixLR. I just realized nobody's streaming to MixLR. And I know some people always prefer to join there um, just because. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jemima. Jemima, you've been so awesome. I'm, I'm owing you like a call. I want to get to know you a little better. Um, but I didn't do anything. You don't have Thank to you. do anything. Sorry, I like trouble. Yeah. All right, charisma recap. By the way, if the Lord leads anyone here, you see anything that can make what we do here more effective, please don't hold back. You know, please. I need. We need to know. Okay, this is BMG. Very good. So I'm about to start now. I think we're live. Yeah. All right. So if anyone knows anything that we can do to improve what we do, every every idea we've had, apart from the things that God has given me as like a foundational structure, people here and there come up with, hey, we should have a podcast. And they go ahead and they do it. Someone else says, you know, I'm interested in helping with this. Like, for example, the scriptures, Oladadi volunteered to do it. These are the little things that you do that you might think 
are not seen or rewarded by God. But those are the very things he's looking for. Anyone who's able to step out and say, for the gospel's sake, I'm going to participate. I'm going to help with any skill that I have. You know, to be honest, that's how I got to where I am, how I know what I know. It's by service. My whole life has been a life of service behind the scenes, always trying to make things work without looking for or, or garnering respect or get, getting anyone's approval. But I think that's how to live the Christian life. Serve others, live for the service of others. Let me even show you a scripture real quick. I'll stop sharing because I wanted to share this thought a little earlier. So they give me 2 Corinthians 5.15. It's a very, very interesting verse. Let me pull it up. All right. Let me know if you're there and you're ready to share. Second Corinthians, if you have your Bible, please also, um, you can open it up. Look at this verse. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. Man, this is a very revolutionary verse. We know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What does it mean when he says he gave? It means Jesus died. He gave his son to die for our sins. So that if we believe, we will not perish, but we will have life eternal. This is a continuation of that verse. So Jesus died. Then what? He says he died for all so that those who live, who lives, you, you live in him now. You have a new life. He says you should not live for yourself. But the world is shouting. Live for yourself. Live for your goals, ambitions. You see, that's why a lot of motivational speakers um, lead a lot of believers astray. Because you, you find yourself struggling. Why am I not achieving my goal? That's the problem. <laughs> As a Christian, your goal is not the uttermost um foremost thing in your mind your your whole focus is how can i live for the one that died and gave himself for me that's what you think of and the truth is you can never go wrong in the will of god if you do what god tells you to do his plan is way better than whatever plan you could have created for yourself and that's something you need to realize so if the bible says we should no longer live to ourselves it's for our own goods for our benefit god knows that we are poor leaders of ourselves how many of you have stuck to a gym plan without the help of someone else? How many of you have stayed in, like had a culture of prayer without the help of someone else? It's not in man to direct his steps. That's what um, um, Solomon said. It's not in man. <laughs> Job, Job, sorry, not Solomon. Job 32. Uh, is it, it's one of those two, Sha. Either Ecclesiastes or Job or Proverbs. It's not in, to direct his steps. It's not in man. Praise God. So if you're going to be led, the Bible also says the heart of man is desperately wicked. And a lot of people be like, oh, no, I'm a Christian. My heart is not. When he says the heart of a man, he's talking about the, the nature, the normal human nature. Is, is always tending towards evil, weakness, because of the fall of man. But when the spirit came into you, there was a transformation. God now gives you guidance. It's an external guidance from within that's what makes your life different and so now that god has come to live in you abide in you thank you jeremiah i was totally wrong with that one he says i know oh lord i know the way of man is not in himself it is not in man who walks to direct his own steps that's amazing 
It's not in man. You're not the one in charge of where you, you that's why you find out that you don't always you, you do something with so much confidence and then it ends up not going the way you want it to. But you need to have this confidence as a believer. God loves you. God has your back. His plan is better than your plan. So start allowing him to kick down your plans if it's not in line with his, because he has bigger plans for you. Very important thing to think about. So I mentioned cessationism. Cessationists are people who believe that the gifts of the spirit have ceased from the word cessation to cease. Like today, we don't see any miraculous signs, gifts operating in an individual, you know, to perform miracles, signs, wonders. And that principle, their theology or how they came up with that is, well, after the apostles left, we can't see so many miracles as they were in their day. So it's fading away. And so they go to verses that are so taken out of context that um, when that, for now, we said we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect will come, then we will know all things, even as we are known. And I'm like, how does that relate to the charismatic gifts? Doesn't make sense, right? So a person who says there is a cessationist, they're basically saying they don't believe the gifts of the spirit are for today. And I've met people like that. I was once in that you know, bubble where I was like, you know, skeptical of everything that looked miraculous, prophetic, su surreal, supernatural. I was all very skeptical because I, I, mean, I have a scientific mind. Give me proof. I want to see how this thing works. But it was when I started reading the Bible, I said, it's either I, I, I am logical or biblical. And many times those two cross each other so jesus walked on water did it happen in history yes is it logical with the laws of physics no did it happen yes so i have to create a category in my mind that this is real this is possible and give myself over to that because first i'm a christian like i said you live for god not for yourself anymore that's a perspective to have so we're going to look together at the topics i'll do a summary of the things we learned in charisma um Sundays, all the um corresponding charisma Sundays, and then I'll give some space for people to share thoughts, maybe things they remember from those teachings. All right. So let me share my screen again. Uh all right. So the very first teaching in the year of two, 2021 was gifts and power. So if you were, if you're an OG of Bible Marathon, then you remember this teaching. I had a friend of mine um, who is also, I see him as a spiritual um, brother, a leader, an elder brother in, in the faith. Um, some of you may not remember, but if you listen to that teaching, he talked about gifts and power. All right. So what were the things that he talked about here? First of all, there is the concept of orthodoxy. I'm sorry, yeah, in Bible Marathon, you'll be hearing a lot of big words. So get, get used to it. I hope you, you're not offended. These are not things you learn in the average church, but they're important for you to understand and grasp theological concepts. So, for example, a pastor can say, God is great. A theologian will say, God is transcendent. You see the difference? So transcendence is a theological term that talks about how God is infinite. He's beyond, you know, our realm. 
But you can see that the way I just said it is beyond our realm. So a pastor's job is to make things easy. But for me, I, I mean, I'm doing my best to make some of these concepts easy. But I want to bring you up to a place where these things are not, I mean, they're not esoteric knowledge. They're very available if you want to find out. So let's talk about two, two words, orthodoxy and charismatic. All right. So what does it mean to be orthodox? Can someone help? Who has heard the word orthodox? You know, I mean, some of you say, you know, you've heard the word orthodox church. Who wants to help? Yeah, go ahead. Unmute yourself. So, yeah, when I hear orthodoxy, I hear, I, I think about how we used to do church in the Bible, like how it originally was. But most times the church is nowadays, when you hear orthodoxy, it means they, they don't do some things which they're meant to do that was in the Bible. Yeah. Does anyone else want to add to that? Because what, she's, what she mentioned is so true. When you hear orthodox, you're thinking it's going to be a church you walk into, probably people are dead, or it sounds like they're dead until you look around and you see people are actually dead. They're just very, very silent and sober. They don't make noise. They pray like this. You know, there's a pastor in front that doesn't raise his voice. You know, that's what people think of orthodox. Has anyone heard what orthodox means someone else can help anybody else what's the word orthodox it's like, okay go ahead also it's like um original like something that they see as the standard i like you know, that before, before anything was like added to it before i like that i like that original so it's not made in aba is the original style basically what what orthodoxy means is singleness of beliefs so what did the apostles teach what did they believe orthodoxy means you are aligning with what they believed and taught make sense so if you say you are orthodox it means you follow the teachings of the apostles accurately you don't add to it you don't subtract from it you accept it so the the, the apostles taught on um grace is how you get saved through faith not of works lest any man should boast that's an orthodox teaching you can't change it so if anyone comes and says oh you only get saved if you believe then you are baptized then you follow the law of moses that is no longer orthodox they are adding to the teaching of the epistles all right that's orthodoxy or if someone just comes and tells you we're going to look at some of those issues of orthodoxy as we keep going on but the whole idea is god gave a message to his son all right picture this because the son is the exact image of god G jesus himself says no one has seen god at any time i'm going to stop sharing so that well can share scriptures before we go to the next verse the bible says no one has seen god at any time but the son who came down from heaven but the son of god has revealed him i think that's john 1 18 i think no man has seen god at any time no one has been to heaven so basically jesus christ reveals god to us now this jesus christ reveals god takes on to himself 12 disciples trains them 11 are left exactly no one has seen god at any time the only begotten who is in the bosom of the father 
he has declared him. Basically, if you want to see who God is, listen to his son. Do you remember at the transfiguration, Jesus was there. He was with uh, two of his favorite disciples. And they went up to this mountain. And his face shone suddenly. And then right there and then, Moses and Elijah appear. And I don't know if I've ever thought of this. I want to use this opportunity to teach on this. It will change your life. G Moses, I don't know if you can pull that scripture up, um, but it's probably, there's an account in Matthew of the transfiguration. Now, think about it. I think Matthew 17. Awesome. See, these are my wounded people. High five, high five. I think, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, let's try. If it is actually Matthew 17, then you are going on with 5,000 Naira today. So pray pray that your what you what you decided what you chose was right but let's see so jesus is at, at the mount of transfiguration and he's with moses and elijah that's significant who were those who did those two people represent moses represented the law elijah represented the prophets all right so the law and the prophets were right with jesus on the left and on the right and then Peter is like, oh my God, this is amazing. He's blown away. He's like, okay, wow, what do we do? His Jewish mind comes into play. Let's build tabernacles. Ah, these people that were dead, now they're alive here. They are with Jesus. You know, Matthew 17, good job. Or like, you can send me your account. I think I have them. Oh, I got it. Nice. Good job, good job, good job. I'm proud of you. So yeah, the winner for today. So I'll, I'll, let me write it down so I don't forget. Like, uh, so by the way, if you are new here, that's how people win money here. So just be flow with the spirit. Let God, you know, remind you of things. Now let's read this. Look at, he says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, John, for those who are listening in, this is Matthew 17, one to two. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, well, three of them, and um, led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His shone like the sun his clothes became white as the light so he literally had a full glam up <laughs> with lights all right and the next verse says and behold moses and elijah appeared to them talking with him so you know this is an abridged version but jesus was there and then moses and elijah are just with jesus this is crazy <laughs> and then peter is like oh wow his mind blown and then what does he say lord Ah, it is good for us to be here. You know, that's how people people are, you know, like, ah, Omar, I mean, I'm, I'm starstruck. It's so good for us to be here. He said, if you wish, let us make here three tabernacles. <laughs> one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. What is a tabernacle? A tabernacle is a place of rest, is a place of worship, right? It's a location. So the people of Israel were moving, you know, from place to place in the wilderness. Everywhere they went, they created a tent where it would house the temp the tabernacle where God will, you know, appear and reveal himself and they will do temple worship and stuff before the main temple was built in Jerusalem. That was the tabernacle. So it was flexible. They were like, ah, this is where we settle. This is where we, this is it. We're in the pinnacle. Let's create tabernacles for them. What does it say in the next verse? It says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and suddenly a voice came out from the cloud saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased what does he say next i want you to admit yourself and say what he says the, that the latter part of that verse 
Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. So they were all talking. Picture this. They were having a conversation. Peter is like, ah, oh, but this is a big deal. Oh. Let's set up tabernacles. Basically, we are worshipping the three of you. <laughs> These are the three people we are going to reference uh, for our worship. And then God interrupts that while he was still speaking and planning. God says, hey, don't do that. This is the person, this guy in the middle, Jesus. He says, he is my son. Listen to him. In other words, Moses said his own. Elijah said his own. But Jesus is the one who will reveal me clearly. So he says, listen to him. And then the next verse, I, I mean, it just goes on and, you know, they were afraid. That was their response. So I just wanted to say this to let you see how Jesus is the focus of the Bible. Jesus is the end of everything. The Bible says Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. In other words, Jesus brought an end or a fulfillment to what Moses prophesied about him through the law. Elijah and all the other prophets have said a lot of things about Jesus. Jesus became the fulfillment of that. And then Jesus now re reveals who God is to us. This Jesus, when he dies and is raised from the dead, what happens next? 40 days, he's with the disciples, teaching them about the kingdom of God. Things he couldn't teach before. But now that he was dead and raised back, now they could understand that he wasn't speaking parables when he said, destroy this temple and I'll build it up in three days. And he was talking about his body. I will die and be raised up in three days. He talked about Jonah as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days. So would the son of man be in the belly of the earth for three days. They didn't get the people like, what is this guy saying? How is this guy meant to be the Messiah and he will die? A dying Messiah was not a logical conclusion to come to. But then Jesus dies and he is raised from the dead. And then he teaches them, this is what the kingdom is about. And then he says, go, Matthew 19, no, Matthew 19, Matthew, like all through the end of the, of the gospels, you always see that commission, you know. Hello, Ernest, I think we are entering into apologetics already. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was my plan. My plan was, there were some things we didn't cover. I don't know if you were here last week. There's some things we didn't no, so I'm using style to cover them as we are going beautiful, into Paris. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. You're so, you're so smart for noticing that because I wanted to do it subtly. So, yeah. By the way, when Jesus finally teaches them everything, Matthew 28, 19, sorry, I said the other way wrong. I've not slept in a while. So I'm, I'm extremely tired. Some of you know why I'm tired, but please just have mercy on me. Um, if I make any mistake, or that they will correct it. All right. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So these guys go into the world. They're now preaching a message. All right. So what's the format? God, Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, at sundry times and in diverse manners, spoke in times past through the prophets to the fathers. Right. But now has spoken clearly through his son. Hallelujah. Man, I, don't, I can't get over this. So God has spoken clearly through his son. So Jesus is our reference of authority. Then Jesus teaches the disciples and the disciples are commissioned to go and teach the world. So guess what? They are our reference of authority. And then you go to Ephesians chapter two from verse 20. And then you see Paul saying, hey, this is how the church is structured. All right. Ephesians chapter two from verse 20. It says, having been built 
on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I've explained this before. Jesus is the cornerstone. Then the apostles are the ones that carried his message. They are the foundation. So it means that nobody can just come and start teaching anything they feel like teaching. You know, that's what we see in the church today. So, so many Christians are confused. They're in a state of utter confusion. You know, but what God did was so huge. How do you say that thing that is popular now? What he did was so huge and so grand that we cannot afford to mess it up by adding to it or subtracting from it. And so why did I build that premise? When it comes to the truth of God's word, we cannot joke with it. We cannot say, oh, this is how I think. This is how this verse sounds to me. This is what I think it, is, it means. No, we want to know what did the apostle have in mind when he was writing this text? Because it's their own meaning that matters, not your own. Last verse before we go into this charisma teaching. Galatians chapter 1 from verse 6. Paul was so angry with the Galatians because he was like, what am I doing with you people that you guys are so confused? Galatians chapter 1 from verse 6. It says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. You're running away from the Christ who brought you into grace to another gospel. That means another message. So it's possible that you hear something that sounds like the gospel, but it's not the gospel. I have to hammer on this thing. Some of you currently, hopefully not here, believe a lot of wrong things that are not substantiated in the scriptures. You've just heard it all your life. I don't know if you've heard this example. It's popular now, so everybody knows it's not in the Bible. But from time immemorial, a lot of people would say things like, Heaven helps those who helps themselves or who help themselves. And you feel like, oh, that's a scriptural statement. But that could never be further from the truth. That couldn't be further from the truth. God will help those who realize that they are helpless. So when you say heaven helps those who help themselves, it's not a biblical, it's not in the Bible. But some people have that idea. And so you have that mindset. And it's perpetuated in the songs you sing. So, for example, you have two realities. You believe, on one hand, you have the power of God in your life. But then you are singing a song that says, send down your power. Which one do you believe? <laughs> Stick to one. We're back to the whole idea of orthodoxy. All right? And so orthodoxy is so important. Gifts and power, which is the teaching that we first did was to establish that if you are going to be orthodox if you're going to align with the teachings of jesus the apostles all right you must be charismatic so in other words to rephrase that to be orthodox is to be charismatic can we say that wherever we are you don't have to unmute yourself but say this to be orthodox is to be charismatic what does that mean if you say you are orthodox, if you say you are following the biblical teaching, the historic teachings of the apostles, the teachings of the Bible, then you cannot say the gifts have ended. You cannot say God does not work spiritual gifts today, that we don't see spiritual gifts in, 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 in action today. You can't. So I'm building 
from a theological foundation that that's not possible. If you are orthodox, then you have to be open to the gifts of the spirit because guess what? In the apostles' teachings, they were very emphatic, desire spiritual gifts. About spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. First Corinthians 14, um, is it 14 or 12? 12, 12, 1. Um, desire, desire earnestly the, the, the best gifts. You know, here and here, you just talk, uh, stir up the gift that is within you by laying on of hands. Like it's everywhere in the New Testament. So the idea that gifts of the Spirit have ceased is false. And the first thing you need to realize here, or the next thing is that it is in this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. That's what Ope emphasized on in this teaching. That's the key word there. The key word is, or the phrase is, earnestly desire. Who can tell me what that word is in the Greek? I, I, rem I remember that we've, we've said this almost like five times on this, on this group. The Greek word is zelo, all right? It means to be zealous, to be passionate. So if you are not seeing the gifts of the Spirit in operation in your life, it doesn't mean God lied because Mark 16, 17 is Jesus' words. In all who believe in Jesus Christ, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues, right? They will eat any deadly thing will harm them. They will step, they will, they will um, handle serpents and scorpions, and they will not be hurt. Like, that's the promise of Jesus to all believers, not just to the apostles, to all who will believe. That's Mark 16, 17, right? So if that's the case, then why are you not experiencing it? It's not God's fault if you're not seeing it. It's either a lack of knowledge, which was what Paul said, about spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. Or it's a case of you have strongholds that are fighting against the knowledge of God in your, in your heart. And really, that's the battle. I've talked about this before. Second Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 4, where the Bible says, the, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are some strongholds that are set in your mind that you have to fight. Ideas that are set erect against the knowledge of God. Pull them down with the word of God, with truth. Praise God. Take, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So if you are here and you are like, oh, I don't think I can function in spiritual gifts. That's a lie. It's for you. It's a gift of God to you because you are in Christ. If Jesus performed miracles, signs, and wonders because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, then you can't too because guess what? It's not a junior Holy Spirit you received. It's the same Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Guess what? The Bible says he dwells in you, Romans chapter 8. And it's that same Spirit that will raise you up again when Jesus returns, if, if you were dead. If you were alive, it's the same Spirit that will transform you right there and then, boom! You're a chained person in the twinkle of an eye. That's the gospel. So if you don't walk in spiritual gifts and spiritual realities, you don't hear God speak. You don't, you, you've never been in a situation where you prayed for a sick person and they got healed. You never got a word of knowledge. It's not God. God is always, imagine God as the tap that never closes, a faucet that is always running, gushing out. The Bible says out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. That's the reality. So it's you. 
is the question the question is to you what are you doing with that fullness if god has come to dwell in you what are you doing with what he has placed in you that's the question and the activator is that keyword zelo earnestly desire so you want to see god move in that way the secret is my brother and sister my, the secret is desire it desire it i remember back in college days or more and I, till now, thank God, thank God that I haven't, you know, we have that tendency to glorify the past. You know, oh, I did this, I did that, that year, 2012, you know, I did this, I did that. And it's good to count your testimonies, but the truth is that should not be the end. Your, your now is more important than your before. But I can look back and thank God because I remember learning this years ago and I was like, so the, the, the key is to desire it. So every day I would literally, I wrote it down in one of those, my old journals. I said, I, I will speak. And I, I wasn't already speaking in tongues. I was saved, but I hadn't understood well enough. I just knew that there was a gift of speaking in tongues. And then I was reading books about gifts of the spirit. And they were just, it was so captivating to me. I was a new believer then. I was like, wow, so I can heal the sick. And I was like doubting it because I had so much, jargons you know i was i was an avid before i got saved i was an avid watcher of um this guy a magician and a mentalist darren brown very popular guy in the uk he would he would literally like show you how you can do anything with your mind so when i see any miracle I'm like oh he's using mind games or i see something I'm like it is all these psychology things that people are using so it affected me so when i would see something real like this person was literally sick. They brought a doctor's report. I'm like, something is fishy here. So that was my mind. Until I got saved, God really transformed my mind. I was like, this thing, if it's in the Bible, then it's true. Maybe I'm just skeptical to a fault. And so I started reading, you know, asking people. I had some mentors to the glory of God. And then I was so hungry one day. Oh, my God. I, was, I remember that day so well. It was an evening. There was something called Powerhouse in my school back then and um, now he's pastor Maiwa Sunny. then he was just brother Maiwa and he used to have this ministry with the boys hostel he will have like the you know what you guys should know what a common room is right like a common room where you can like sit down study do anything so on a particular I think Monday evenings he used to have programs and one day I was like so a friend of mine then was like, ah, let's go for this program, Powerhouse. I was like, okay, let's go. But I'd, I'd gotten saved. Understand this. I'd, I'd already understood the gospel now. I knew that, you know, salvation was by grace through faith, not my works. So I was sold out to God. I just really wanted to know him. So I went to this meeting and I was fixated on this guy. I was like, how is this guy just calling names? He would just be sitting down, start uh, teaching. And he would just stop and say, uh, there's a guy to this side, this, 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 this. And the guy will stand up and raise his hand. I'm like, oh no, did they plan this thing? I was just looking there in my quiet self. I was just watching and observing. But I was overwhelmed. I was like, God, I want this. If it's you, if it's real, I want it. And that meeting was so powerful. I, I stood up. He just said, there's somebody here. And this was, was so radical. It was like, there's someone here. You've doubted the power of God. And, the, uh, and God tells me that you want something so desperately. Ah, I did not think twice. I raised my hand. Though. 
I came to the front. He was like, "What do you want?" I said, "I want to, I want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost." And he said, oh, "That's a, that's a cheap thing." And I was on the line. He called some other people out. The moment he laid hands on me like this, boom! I just felt something within. I knew I, I had to speak. I just I couldn't hold it back. I started speaking. That's how I started speaking in other tongues. That's how I got filled with the Spirit. That transformed my life entirely because since then. I was like, oh, so I could speak in tongues. And he explained it. He said, oh, you, oh, you had it in you all this while, though. When you got saved, the spirit of Christ came into you. What I just did now was to activate that, that power that is already in you. But you have to keep activating it from here on. It's not my job to do that for you. It's your job. Stir up the gift that is in you. That's what the Bible says, right? So I was like, okay. And so I, I had a few friends there, you know, back, back in school. And school days were, were fun you know some of them i've come to teach here like um priye we're not really close but those were the fervent guys i used to look up to them a lot you know so i'll go Okpetu was one of those people and um we prayed together one day you know i was desiring like i was saying i wrote it down that i wanted to walk in um the the word of knowledge because i was like i want to know things about people and use it to glorify god like you know God, so that they know that God knows what's going on in their lives. One day, I was just walking, and then I, I took this public transport that we use in our school. And I was not planning to. I just sat down there, and I knew the person to my left. I knew her name was Margaret. Nobody told me. I had not met her before. She had a um, lanyard. What's it called? Their, her card. But the, the way it was was that the ID card was inside uh, she had like a purse and it was under it, so I couldn't really see anything. But I just looked at her. I was feeling it so strongly, Margaret, Margaret. I was like, should I, should I just try? And that's the beautiful thing about spiritual gifts. Like, you have to take a leap if you want to see more. If you're afraid, you'll never do anything. Some of you have even experienced it. You have the Spirit of God in you, so you'd have had experiences. It could be dreams, it could be miraculous encounters but you just didn't act on it because you didn't know and so i just turned to her and i was like um sorry are you margaret and she looked at me stunned like and you know what was interesting margaret was not her first name that's <laughs> that's how you know that it was very specific and it was the name her mom used to call her so i was like is your name margaret she looked at me she's like how do you know she was really like freaking out i was like oh no i just wanted to tell you that god loves you then she became emotional and she was just like looking at me like you know receptive and i didn't know what to say i didn't know there was no word of not um, for that word of knowledge apart from the fact that it was her name and that i should just share the love of christ with her and i just started talking to her like god really loves you i don't know if there's anything that you know has i can't remember exactly what i said but i know the general talk was about hey god loves you and man that thing moved her a lot. So I did see her again after um, that day, funny enough. And I don't know, but I think that was so important at that moment. And it, it triggered something. I was like, okay, I could do that. So then I can lay hands on the sick. I mean, I can talk, talk countless examples. Sorry, was anyone, is anyone here? Was anyone here a part of technical crew? Let me see real quick. Yes. Yes, I was. Exactly. Busaya. All right. So we used to have prayer meetings and Bible studies. So I used to teach and then I used to, we used to have prayer meetings. And I remember there was one prayer meeting we had at the back. Sorry, I'm sharing these examples because I'm feeling led to stir your hearts in that direction today. 
I was led to pray for someone who had a leg pain that had been persistent with specific details. It was almost three months. It was almost going to three months, leg pain. And so we're in a circle at the back. This was at the back of chapel, um, HOD ground. And we're in a circle. And I was feeling it so strongly. I had prayed before. And man, there's a lot to talk about, which I already have listed. So we'll be fine. You know, when you want to, to stir up the gift that is in you, it's not just automatic. It's not like you just go somewhere. You haven't prayed. You haven't given spirit, the spirit ascendancy and you want to function in the gifts of the spirit. You're joking. Jesus prayed. That's why I was able to do the things you saw him do. So if you are feeling like, oh, I have the word of knowledge as a gift <laughs> and deceiving yourself, it will be there, but dormant until you stir it up. So I had prayed for this prayer meeting. I was like, God, you have to move. I want to see miraculous things happen. Let people glorify you, stuff like that. I called this guy's case out. I was like, your leg is your right leg. So someone came out. It was his left leg. I said, God, is this because it was really hurting? I said, I'll pray for you. But what I heard was the right leg and it was at the lower part. That what I now realized, you know what was interesting to know to how I knew it was really accurate was the person was not listening at that moment. So it was later on uh, after I, I prayed for this guy, he went back, but I was still like, I knew that someone else was there. Then he now, like, I think someone must have told him. So he came out. He was like, oh, I have a pain. I said, so is you. I was really excited. <laughs> I was jumping around. Like, you see, it's the one. God actually told me. Because that was a very new experience. Um, and sometimes your faith will be tested. Like, did I get it wrong? And so I prayed for him. It did immediately go. I said, ah, no. I prayed again. Like, I was, it was childlike faith. I held his leg against all of you. Stretch your hands on this guy. He's going to get you. And he said he feels a lot better. It was the next day that I finally, like, the, the whole pain left. But that was very, very instructive for me. I was like, okay. So it means that if I'm functioning at this level, if I give myself over to the, to the will of God, I can do more. That blew my mind. That's the whole point of gifts and power, the first point. All right. So that was it. The power of God is at work in you. If Christ did miracles, the apostles did miracles, the early church did miracles. If you read the book of Acts, you've come to Stephen. Stephen was a man full of the spirit. He was a normal disciple, but he did miracles. Praise God. All right. So the second one, um, thank you, Olalade. I don't know. I just kept your one scripture for a while. Um, but we're almost, it's just a real recap. Powerhouse. I, guess who I had for Powerhouse? Who remembers? Who was here? I had my younger brother, who is a pastor. Some of you are shocked. Some people are really shocked. They're like, ah, Ernest, is your brother older than you or younger than you? I said, he's younger than me. He's like, but he's a pastor. I said, when did pastoring become a function of age? And then I always point them to Timothy. I'm like, historically, Timothy was, a t was just coming out of his teenage years. So most people don't realize that um, God used a lot of young people. The disciples of Jesus were very likely teenagers. I'm sure Ifeo will be able to back me up on that. Young people, Jesus himself was 30. So um, it's so important. Uh, Yika said, I shared this testimony um, of, I shared this Timothy story to, to kids. Beautiful. And I'm sure you quoted, um, let no one despise your youth, but be, be an example in word. That's a powerful scripture. By the way, if you are here and you know God has a call on your life, 
don't let age be the barrier. You can be ready. My pastor is very young. He started ministry at 22. <laughs> so you're not too young, all right? You're just too afraid. Now, Powerhouse was um, done by my brother. It was so exciting. It was so powerful. Go listen to it. The whole point of the teaching was to tell you who you are in Christ and what you have received. The fact that when God came to live in you, you became a powerhouse. You're an instant generator of power. All you have to do is pray, stir up the power that is in you. But you're not asking God to bring anything into your life. All that you need is within you. The Bible says all that pertains to life and godliness already exists in you. I think it's First Peter 1 from verse 2. Please, let's check that out. Let me allow you to share this uh, screen again. I really want you to see that verse. So that it's not that we're making up scriptures. Can can already put up uh first Peter one should be verse two to three. Somewhere there where it talks about we've received great and precious promises, all that um all that we need for life and godliness. Um keep, keep going, verse three. I can't recall exactly where keep going. Verse four. I know it's in either first Peter or second Peter. Okay, this one was talking about um, your inheritance. So I think it's second Peter one. Ah, so tired today. Second Peter one from verse the first three verses, very likely. Should be second Peter. Okay, yeah, looks like this might be it. So grace and peace be multiplied to you um, by the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Next verse. Beautiful. As his divine power, listen, listen to the words. God's divine power has given who? Us, the believers. What has he given us? Some things, half things, 2%. All things that what? Pertain to life and godliness. That's big. So God, everything that we need, God has given to us. The question now is, okay, I don't feel powerful. Exactly. It's in your spirit, right? And he was talking, he's the example of Power Rangers. You know, they have to do like transformation. They are normal people, but all of a sudden they're like, Power Rangers, you know, activate or something. And then they just have all these things and their power is ready. That's kind of like how it works in the spirit realm. You are very likely always in your physical body, I don't think there's anybody here that's not in your body because you're no longer human, if that's the case. But there is a spiritual part of you, the real you, that needs to be stirred, giving dominance to operating the things of the spirit. And so God has put in you the power of God. You're not, you don't ask God for power from outside. That's why I said some songs we sing like, let the power of the Lord come down. Guess what? Who can answer why that song is wrong? Who can tell me why is let the power of the Lord come down wrong? Me, me, me. Um, the power of God is already in you, so it can exactly. exactly it come came down. down. Thank you. Where did it come down? Who can tell me the verse? On the day of Pentecost. Thank you. So there are some songs we sing, and it is just like counterintuitive. God says this, your song is saying this. Who is the authority? You know, I've had to change a lot of songs that I sing. I'll be singing it. I'm like, ah, that's not right. <laughs> and then I'll walk back and edit the song. I can do that because I'm a musician. I think anybody can edit a song, um, right? But, you know, other songs like, 
oh lord calm down and manifest your power the truth is see you are supposed to be the manifestation of god's power let me repeat that god's design is that the church will be his extension god will dwell in christ christ will dwell in you and you will be his expression his express image to the world that god exists you are supposed to be the evidence that there is a god that's the that's the that's the concept of the ecclesia of the church we are supposed to be set apart to show forth the glories the fame the virtues of christ praise god so that was what that teaching was about you're not asking god for power from outside you already possess that power so your job is to learn more about the power in you learn how to activate it learn how to walk in it persistently and consistently and the miracle or the way to do it is point three um which is horizon or horizon o-r-i-s-o-n basically it was a teaching on prayer and i had a beautiful friend of mine handle that so i don't know if you noticed i invited more guests for charisma sunday than any other teaching or any other sunday so hermeneutic sunday i had a few guests but i was the one teaching most of the time apologetics i was the one i had a few guests um vulnerability i had a few guests but i was the one primarily but charisma sunday the first three i said oh but i think i have it though but i don't want to feel like i'll be able to communicate these things the way these people who have worked in these things can't communicate it all right so i know someone like priya prays a lot and i see brother you're going to come and stare us up in prayer so he came and taught us what prayer is foundationally and the real problem here or the real point by the way who is still with me i want to be sure that you are following me because i am i am with you all right you guys are awesome that's good because i recaps can be weird just like all right, well, I would, I would take, we'll take a very short break because I want to get feedback from you when we get to like um, topic four. But you see a lot of things that, and I, I remember the beginning of this teaching or somewhere around it was the idea, idea that we do a lot of things as Christians without first learning about them. And that's a problem. So for example, if I want to, disciple a person i wouldn't just tell them go and pray i would teach them how to pray i wouldn't just say go and read the word i would teach them how to study the word because if you don't teach how to do something how would they do it the right way it's not automatic and so that's the thing the church has told people go and pray but never tell you how to pray they tell you go and study the bible read your bible pray every day but they never show you how to do it it's not magic you have to teach and so the whole point of horizon was to, and the word horizon is an old word for um, prayer. All right, that's why we called it horizon. So what should we know about prayer? Well, Jesus taught on prayer extensively. Jesus taught on prayer like no man's business. When you pray, if you pray, you know, where, while praying, there's so many references to them. We won't have enough time to look at them, but go listen to the sermon. All right, let me stop sharing my screen so that, so that they will be able to share scriptures. But the real idea is Jesus taught on prayer extensively. So if Jesus taught on prayer, then we ought to pray, right? Makes sense. If Jesus, the son of God in the flesh, who had all power, could do anything he wanted, 
he was willing to lay aside his, his uh, divine privileges for a moment. One of the things we saw him do while he was a human was that he prayed. He would wake up randomly in the night and go and pray. I think there was a verse, uh, Luke, where is that verse? So, dear Lord, is it Luke 6.18? Where a lot of verses that talks about when um, Jesus would just go in the middle of the night to go pray. Somewhere in Luke 6, um, well, there are a lot of examples. Go listen to the sermon. I don't want to do all that now. But yeah, Jesus taught on prayer. All right. Um, what are the reasons for prayer? I want to hear feedback from you guys. Why pray? Very simple question. But why do we pray? Build intimacy with God. Beautiful. Like you read my book. <laughs> the first point <laughs> is intimacy. Most people think prayer is to get things from God, but it was not designed for that purpose. Think about Genesis. If you're going to build any concept of how to relate with God, start from the beginning, before sin came into the world. What do you think Adam and Eve were praying to God for? God already had provided everything for them. So what prayer was, was fellowship, was communion. That was the primary purpose of prayer. It was like, this is my daddy and I'm relating with my daddy. I don't need to have any requests. He knows what I need before I ask it. So prayer, most of your prayer should be, God, I love you. I, I, I marvel at who you are. Thanksgiving. Like Paul was always talking about, oh, give thanks. You know, in, in all things, give thanks. This is the will of God to you. Giving thanks unto his name, you know, um, unto God be the glory forever. But every, you always see that whole idea of doxology, of giving God praise and thanksgiving. Because that's really what we do. God has done everything he has to do for us. Our response is to give him thanks. So we say, blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. We're thanking him for blessing us. That's our life. So intimacy is that important. It's very important. Who can tell me another thing? What, what else is prayer for? If, apart from building intimacy. When we pray, we rise up with temptations. Sorry, are you people reading my notes? It's very, very interesting. But you guys, are, you, have, you, are, you have the spirit. So prayer helps you to resist temptation. Can you put up Matthew 26, 41? This verse saved my life back in college. Very simple verse, but it was so profound to me one, one particular day. Matthew 26, 41. Let me see it on the scripture. Then someone should read it for me. Let me change the battery of my camera. It's going off. Matthew 26, 41. Once it's on the screen, or if you have it in your Bible, just read, read from verse 40 to verse 41. Matthew 26, 40 to verse 41. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Exactly. So look at look at what's interesting. Um, he was talking to his disciples. He went to pray. It was at the hour of his death, you know, getting close to when he was going to be crucified. Sorry, my video. I haven't changed the battery yet. If it dies, I'll step up to change it. But let's because of time. You remember what happened? He went, he was so in pain. Jesus was in pain. He was about to die for the sins of the world. 
for a temporal moment he will be separated from his father he thought about what the kind of pain he would go through not just the physical pain of being crucified but the the spiritual pain of having all the weight of sin on him and he was like ah, god i don't want to do this you know and he prayed for an hour and then he came back checked on his disciples and like you, like you just read he said in the in verse 41 pray so that so it's a cause and effect if you pray you will not fall into temptation and so the immediate context was you guys if you don't pray now when the evil hour comes you guys will disappear and guess what they all disappeared they ran away when they arrested jesus peter denied jesus Jude, well, judas was not there with him but you can imagine the story that would have happened if they had prayed if peter said suppress the flesh the flesh is weak but let the spirit take dominance here i'm very sure it might not have been that bad because i mean jesus prayed but jesus's prayer was only uh, only affected his return did you notice jesus said ah the devil wants to sift you like wheat simon but but i have prayed for you that your faith will not fail he said when you are restored so the prayer was targeted as his restoration so he will still fall because he has not built enough stamina in the place of prayer to handle temptation but i pray that you will not completely go away like judas he says when you are restored strengthen your brethren so it's so instructive when you see a verse that says pray so that you will not fall into temptation so if you are here and you you know struggle with a habit and guess what habits they are legitimate they are difficult things to break all right i've been there the thing is because it's neurological it is time-based some of these things become a part of you and god has given us the way out it's a process but if you warm your spirit with prayer if you build yourself you strengthen yourself in the place of prayer you have a prayer culture when you are tempted you receive strength i can tell you for a fact the, the number of ways i've been tempted just this past week and I just had this supernatural ability to say, ah, no, I know who I am in Christ. I'm not doing that. It wasn't there moments when I was just, you know, lazing around, not praying, not taking care of my prayer life. So that's the secret. Helps you fight temptation. All right. Very important. Um, yeah. You first sent me a private message that I don't want to bring up because it could start a conversation that we don't have time to go into. But yeah, you, you can see what happened with peter if he had stayed up and prayed he would have been strong um ugo said direction and that's like the fourth point here <laughs> so you guys are doing a great job you know you know what i'm figuring out here you know these things so the real issue is just sitting down and saying okay i, I understand the benefits now i have to be disciplined enough to do this to build a prayer life a culture that cannot be broken like this is i want to be in a relationship with god i'm serious about this let me use this for the sake of understanding i mean a dating relationship with god it sounds weird but think about it that way and so i'll be committed to meeting up with him regularly calling him making sure that he's okay <laughs> it sounds weird now you can't make sure god is okay but i'm just trying to show you that if you can do something as banal with a person you are dating or in a relationship with or married to how much more the god and father of your lord jesus christ <laughs> i will know you i'll use a better example next time but you get if you can commit 
to less important things, how much more when it deals with God? So if you are here and you don't have like a structure of prayer, that's wrong. I know that we say Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Bam! It is not just a relationship. Christianity is a relationship with a living God that has elements of religion. Or let me put it this way, elements of duty. It's not all the time you will feel happy to pray. That's the truth. Sometimes you will just feel like, whoa, I want to binge watch one Netflix movie. You know, sometimes you have those moments where you're like, see, I don't feel like doing anything. Guess what? The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Jesus was not giving an excuse. He was saying, because the flesh is weak and the spirit is willing, pray, <laughs> take, take hold of your spirit, let your spirit rule. So those moments when you, you overcome temptation, those moments where you say no and you pray, you are creating an environment that will protect you an environment that will give you leading, just like um, Ugo said. Let me show you this verse real quick. Um, Acts chapter 6. Please, Acts chapter 6, verse 4. <sighs> Let me be sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. So let's, let's check. Sorry, Acts 13, verse 2. Acts 13, verse 2. Many of us know this verse very well. Um, while we, they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. So they were worshiping God, they were praying, they were fellowshiping with God, and God gave them direction. Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I've called them. So in prayer, you get direction. If you want to know where God is leading you, what steps to take, be a prayer warrior. I mean that for a fact. Like a warrior, a soldier that doesn't give in. Make up your mind that you will be that. Some of us had the benefit of seeing parents that prayed. They can pray for, for, for days. Like they can. <laughs> I saw, I grew up with a praying father and that thing has not left me. Like sometimes I'm like, God, I want this. If I can just borrow a spirit in that area. But I realized that he worked on it. I will wake up when I was young. I'll go, I want to go into this room. That place is on fire because he's praying. And then he comes out. And you know he, he lives his life, but that prayer thing doesn't you can't you can't touch it. So we need to be that generation of people that pray. So so important. All right, and when we pray, like I mentioned before, we generate power, right? We generate power when we pray. So the last one we think, oh yeah. So Ugo also added, um, we thwart the plans of the enemy, and, but that's every all those things come as a result of relationship. If you are in a very strong relationship with God, God will, will tell you when things are about to happen. God will protect you from those things because you are sensitive to his leading. God is always leading. When you pray, you are warming your spirit up to hear and receive clearly from God. So prayer is not an option as a Christian. It's not a luxury. All right. And then you can help other people. Exactly. Like Ademola added, we intercede for people who are lost. When you pray for other people, it's a powerful thing, man. I remember, I, we, I even need to reach back at Ife and find out what's going on because we prayed for a friend of ours or his, a friend of his, you know, intercede for people, pray for people. Don't be selfish. You live for Christ and not for yourself. Think of other people, pray for them wherever they are at. In fact, most of my prayer ends up being that because I don't have anything to pray for for myself. I'm not boasting, I'm serious. Like, I'm so settled and confident in God. Like, 
I don't have issues when it comes to like what God will do in my life. I'm sold out. I'm like, God, what's next? But when it comes to praying for people, that's like most of my time. You know, because <laughs> what else is there to pray for? And I'm not sure these people are praying for themselves. So let me step in and help, you know, but you can't build your life on another person's prayer life. And there's a lot more, but there's no time. So point four or day four, I'm just going to group all these together with a text of scripture. All right. So day four was utterance. Day five was ginosko. And day six was dunamis. And all of you are like, what are all these funny words? Well, we got them from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we're looking at the gifts of the spirit. And we went into detail. So go listen to those teachings. It's a review. Can someone, okay, I think um, someone already posted the, the link to all the teachings earlier. That's Spotify. Um, but yeah, please go listen to them. Like make up, in, make up your mind. Maybe in December, when we're not meeting here, just say, okay, I'm going to listen into the podcast one a, one a day. You know, just bring yourself up to speed. It will help you. I promise you. Like you will learn a whole lot from these things, you know. Um, so the gifts of the spirit, and let me allow her to share. This will probably be the last thing we will share because there's a lot more to talk about. Let me see. Prayer that wins. I've already talked about prayer, how to make your prayer work. <laughs> Basically, the idea of prayer working is funny, right? But yes, there, is, there, are, there are scriptures that talk about prayers that don't get answered. Like the book of James talks about when you pray, um, when you pray, you should believe for what you pray when you pray. Don't doubt, don't vacillate. You know, with your thoughts, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The Bible also talks about praying um, for personal gain. It's not you want to consume it on your own lusts. The Bible speaks against that kind of prayer. It says, "Don't let him think you will get an answer from God." And some people are like, "How come? Is that possible?" Like I thought, all my prayers are always answered. Well, the Bible tells us that there are some prayers that don't go anywhere because grace. Pay attention to this. Grace is God's gift. Faith is what we use to accept or access God's gift. So whatever God has not provided by grace, your faith cannot access. That's a very powerful thing I just said right there. If you want something that God's grace has not provided, you can't have it. Faith works with grace. Just the same way faith works by love. So if you pray for something in faith, the only way you would receive it is if you pray without doubting, and that, that there's a whole way to explain that. When you say pray without doubting, it doesn't mean don't, you don't have certain, you know, fears or feelings that might not work or nervousness. No, when he says don't doubt, it means don't vacillate around two opinions. God will bless me. God will not bless me. That's not what to think about. Think about God will do this. I know He's willing to do this. And I'm committed to seeing him do this. Does that make sense? So even if it doesn't, oh, the battery has died. Let me change it real quick. So even if it doesn't, uh, it doesn't pan out the way you want it. Don't vacillate. Don't change your mind. If God has promised something, know that he will do it all the way. All right? So I'm changing the battery now. Um, man, it's been an amazing time so far. Let me round up now. All right, since we're back. All right, video is back. All right, so to conclude, right, we talked about 
the gifts of the spirit. And so I will list all of them real quick because we're already out of time. Let me see if there was another one I wanted to talk about. Drenched. We'll talk about this. Some seems this will be for next week. All right. Some seems spiritual songs. So we're just going to talk about those gifts of the spirit. You can go study it on your ah battery again. Okay, we're almost we're almost done already. So you don't need to see my face. Just listen to me. All right, thank you. So those are the scriptures on the gifts of the spirit. So 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 8 to 10. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom. The next one is word of knowledge. Word another to another faith by the same spirit. Another gift of healings by the same spirit. To another working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another different kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. So there are a lot of gifts here, and I broke them down. We had you know, deep teachings on those. So like I've always said, go back, listen to them. It's so important to understand the main thing. To, the, the main thing to take home here is it's by the same spirit. And we've established that from the second teaching, that all that you need for life and godliness is in your spirit. God has provided those things for you. It's now your responsibility to draw out from the wells, the well springs that God has deposited in you. And so every one of you here, as the spirit wills, can function in all these gifts of the spirit. And I, I talked about the idea that people have that, you know, oh, like Titi, Titi's gift is um, working of miracles, but Cynthia's gift is uh, word of knowledge that it doesn't seem that way with the scriptures the real principle is the gifts function for the common good so it's when there is a need for that gift that the gift um, is seen so in other words if someone is sick that's when the gift of healing is necessary and that's what will function in the believer do you get it now there's really a sense in which some people excel in some gifts I will not dis discount that. I've seen that happen. Some people are just really gifted in interpretation of tongues. Like they, <laughs> I, I met someone like that in school and those ones are rare breeds. I don't know. They just know ah, this is what you said in tongues. And I, so I, 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 I don't have all the knowledge on how does this thing operate. All I know is that as the spirit wills, meaning as the need arises and the spirit is at work, it is that need that will be met by the gift. All right. Hope that makes sense. So all these things were taught, you know, go back, review them, especially if you are new here and you're like, what have you guys learned so far? You know, that is the best, my best advice. Go back. This was a wonderful recap session. Um, thank you guys so much for joining. I'm just going to um, pause to see if there's any, anybody with a thought. Someone wants to add something before we round up in prayer. Thank you, Olaladi, by the way. That was so helpful. I think my video should be on just this far. Were you guys blessed? Let me get feedback. Was this helpful? Was this profitable for you? Did you learn something new? Are you going away with something? Yes, Ernest. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So people are eating Eba right now, so let me not disturb them. Um, oh, oh, Ernest, can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, this is kind of like a <clears throat> testimony, but um, you even brought it up as you were teaching. Um, my friend that you prayed for with me, agreed with me in prayer for. Um, so I just wanted to 
publicly thank you for that because I actually think it's important we acknowledge each other, you know, as brothers and sisters, when we intercede for somebody, whether we know the person or not, um, interceding for someone in prayer who you may not even have a personal connection to, I think is very important. And I don't see many Christians doing enough of it. So, and, you know, she just messaged me now and said that she's doing good. So I just wanted to awesome. thank you for that. So, yeah, it meant a lot. Yeah. And there's another brother of mine, I mean, before we came on, but he has lost a lot of rela- relations recently. Like, it's just been crazy. Not Well, friends, let me just generalize that as people he's close to. In the span of three months, so many people he has lost. And he's so weak. And I, I've, I've been in prayer with him. But like, that's really what Ife is saying. Bear the burdens of other people. Be there for people. Love them genuinely. Pray for them. Even if they hurt you, love them. Even if they, you know, are not in a place to be there or to pray for themselves, especially those who are weak and sick. Pray for them. Step in. You're a believer, all right? Show love to them. There's a, one more question I want to respond to because it's in the chat. So Ademola said, why do people fall under the anointing? Very beautiful question. My answer is go read Kenneth Hagin's book on this particular topic. It will answer a lot of questions for you. It's a very small pamphlet. It's, it's not bigger than this. But like you can get the PDF. I'll probably share it with you. But you can go on, on Google right now. Why do people fall under the anointing? Kenneth Hagin, PDF. Download it, read it. Very short book. Makes a lot of sense. It gives very strong, credible arguments for it. Um, so hope that answers your question. One more shot for a question and then we'll close. I'll give you some time to think uh, while I round up with announcements. So for, for the book of the week, um, chapters of the week, we're reading Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 10. If you haven't reached Acts chapter nine um, 8 yet, take your time. Don't rush, okay? Um, just make sure that you're meeting with your accountability group and you're reading the Bible together. We are trying to restructure the accountability groups because, to be honest, that's one area I think I have really failed at, and I'm taking all the blame for it. I thought I had people who can like really manage it, and I didn't really think about how much of a burden it could be for some people. So we're, we're going to restructure that, look into how best to set up these you know, accountability group so that everyone is catered for. So expect that in 2022, all right, 2022, yeah. Um, then, uh, by the way, how was meditation week? Hope you had a great time this week. If you didn't catch up with any, all the meditations, don't deceive yourself. Go get those cards, all right? There are seven of them. You can do it this week, all right? Just check day one read it, study the verses, meditate on it. It will transform your life, I promise you. Let it not be the people who made the cards that were the only people that meditated on it because they had to, obviously. Hopefully they did. Not that they just went on Google to search for verses. I hope they actually like took, well, maybe they searched and then they took time to study it. But please, this is for everyone, all right? And this is what I was talking about. This is what I'm talking about, by the way. So um, you don't have to... Yeah, that's it. You don't you don't have to wait um, to say, okay, it has passed, so we're not going to do it anymore. Please, please give yourself to it. All right. Um, meditation will change your life. It's what has changed the lives of people that you respect and honor in, in ministry. 
and in, the, in their works with God. All right. Um, next week, as promised, is going to be our vulnerability recap, right? So um, we're going to be recapping all the topics for Vulnerability Sunday. Vulnerability Sunday was very, very, very intimate, um, but it would be great because I really want us to have those conversations as the last thing we live with, you know, going into the new year. Like I said, December, everyone is on their own. You are still meeting with your accountability groups to read the um, the um, the book of Acts, but there will be no Sunday general meetings. The meetings on Sundays are only for the executives because we are planning and praying for the new year and what God wants to do with Bible Marathon. So if you are led to join, you can, but there's, there are no meetings in December, all right? Everything will be in the WhatsApp group from now on till the end of the year. Uh, after next week's Sunday, all right? Oh, sorry for the extra eight minutes. I just had to share those points. I love you guys so much. Michael, hi. I'm seeing that in for the first time. I'm seeing Raymond for the second time, if I'm not mistaken. I really appreciate you guys for joining. Hope this was a blessing to you. Um, and for those of you who joined on um, MixLR, thank you guys so much. All right. Yeah, don't see any all right, guys, have a the grace of the Lord be with you. The love of God will be even more expressed in your walk, in your love, in your day. Uh, as, you, as you relate with people, the love of God is seen more in your life. And the fellowship of the Spirit is even stronger in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Your week is blessed, filled with the things that God has planned for you. You say no to sin and to ungodliness, and you live sober, righteous lives in this present age. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Amen. guys. Bye. As usual, you can reach out to me. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this recording. We hope this session was a blessing to you as it was for us. If you'd like to be an active part of Bible Marathon, Maybe join in live on our Sunday sessions, be part of the WhatsApp group, or would just like to know more about the Bible Marathon Project. Visit our website, bit.ly slash bmglive4 for more details. That's bit.ly slash bmglive4 for more details. We pray you stay blessed, experiencing progress and joy in your faith.